I, I love um, this season. One of the things I like most are the gifts, the, the presents that are given and received that are signs of I see you, I care about you. We've been getting ready for Christmas Eve for a month now, and all in the month of December we've been talking about the coming of Jesus the King and how he comes with gifts. And, and what I'd like to ask you tonight is to think, what's the gift you most desire? What's your heart's desire? We started out this season of preparation by saying that Jesus the King would give people joy when their lives are filled with fear so they wouldn't have to be afraid anymore. In the second week, we talked about love. Everybody talks about love, but we said love is more than romance. Love is a way of relating to God and to other people so that we don't have to feel lonely even when we're not alone. Last week, we, we talked about the idea of hope. And we recognize that there are a lot of us here who struggle chronically with depression and who often feel, no matter what it looks like on the surface, that they are in a sense of despair on the inside. And this week, Petey got us ready for Christmas Eve by talking about peace. The gift that God wants to give you of peace that comes to the inside and starts to address that knot in your stomach. The way that, that we hurt other people and get hurt by other people. How could we become people of God's peace? Which of those gifts would you like to see under the tree tomorrow morning? Again, the gifts are great when they're for each other. I love seeing the face of somebody light up when they get something that they've wanted. I, I love the feeling that someone has taken a little time to know me and give a gift to me. Our story includes the wise men who travel hundreds of miles following a star to find the king and give him gifts. And the greatest gift of Christmas is that Jesus comes to give us life. The start of John's story of Jesus says, in him was life and that life was the light of all. And when he grew up, Jesus said, I've come so that you might have life, real life, life in all its abundance. It's, it's a gift. And yet, because we're human, gifts get messed up, don't they? I experienced that even uh, this year because I thought I had finally stumbled on the perfect gift. And I, I, I had, uh, in a very un-Crosby-like way, I had done this actually weeks ago instead of earlier this morning. I, I bought this gift and I thought, she's going to love this. And I, I wrapped it up and I, I, I put it down and, and I thought, but it looks so small. I can't just do just the one, you know. And so, so I thought, well, I'll get, I'll get another gift, you know, and you, and, and you get another one and, 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 and well, that leads to the other one, and then you got your backup emergency gift. And 
pretty soon you're set. And the, the one gift under the tree is gone to that. And then you start wondering, well, I gave this kid four and this kid six. I spent this much on them and that much on the others. Will they know? And what started out as a joy becomes a burden, and what becomes a burden turns into an obsession. Real life picture. Woman in England, 300 gifts. She said, I, I don't know how it happened. The gifts just took over. <laughs> and that's what can happen. The gifts. The gifts can take over. And they start to be louder than answering the question, who comes this night? That's why I think that the Bible includes the story of the wise men who come from a far-off land and bring gifts. Mark Buchanan's a pastor who said that he thinks that the wise men's story is about a journey to find God. They're the ones in the story who don't know God like the Jews know God, and they want to find God. So Christmas seems like a perfect time to ask you where you are in your journey. What started any journey that you might have toward God? I, I know that for me, it was a messed up family, a, a screwy place where I was afraid. All the time I was afraid and, um, and, and I, I left the Catholic Church because all they wanted to do was make me answer questions and, and I was out on my own and late in high school, early in college, I, I started to hear uh, uh, about this person, Jesus. Not Christianity, not Catholicism, but this person, Jesus, who might love me when I was not lovable. Who might accept me when I was a fraud. Who, who might stay with me and take me in when I let people down. And so I went looking not for Catholicism, not for Protestantism. I went looking for Jesus. That same journey that the, that the wise men took. I think that we need to meet Jesus again and again. It's not like we lose him, but we lose the freshness of being with him. And I, I think people usually meet Jesus either like all of a sudden or they're on a journey that lasts for years. I, I don't know what your story is or which journey you're on to know Jesus. Some people almost get ambushed by Jesus. Jesus just shows up. That's what happens in our story, the story that we read to the shepherds, right? Shepherds are just sitting there out on the hill, minding their business at night like every other night. They're turning to each other. They're hoping the storm doesn't come in. They're hoping the wolf doesn't come and take away their sheep. They're just talking to each other. You know, how's your wife? Oh, doing fine, doing fine. Hey, I hear you thinking about buying some pigs. You know, this is 2 o'clock in the morning. What are you going to talk about? All of a sudden, the sky splits open, and this light beams on them. And it's like thunder all around them, this sound, and all of a sudden, they realize that it's singing and a voice that's talking to them that says, today, for you, a Savior, go to Bethlehem. 
Well, as soon as they picked themselves up, they were terrified. They got up and they ran to see what was going on. Jesus just showed up for them. The glory of God face to face. And for some of you, that's how it happens. There was not like you were a deep spiritual searcher. Something happened to you and God became alive. Maybe for you it was a job that went wrong or maybe you had an addiction. Maybe it was a relationship that either this person had something you didn't or they broke it off and out of a broken heart, God walked right in. But what, whatever it was, you hear something and everything inside you says yes. It's like the shepherds, night and day. But I think there's a lot more people that it's not dramatic. It's, it's more of a gradual search. You're like the wise men. You're like the magi. They call them the magi. There's something missing in life. It's not like anything is wrong, but there's, there's something that's missing. And, and, and you sense that there's more meaning to life than you're experiencing. Or you want to find meaning in your life. These people, these journeyers, they're, they're hungry to find out if there really is a truth that's worth living for way outside of this religious stuff. And they'll look anywhere for it. Lots of times they wouldn't be caught dead in church, but there's something that they're trying to find. We know from the story that the Magi traveled hundreds of miles through the desert. It probably would not have been any of this sneaking up on its stuff. They were in a caravan, an entourage of servants and camels. And they come to Jerusalem and they got everybody's attention. Everybody knew that they were, that they were there, but they were still searching. You know, I think Christmas says that God will do just about anything to help these kinds of people. The ones who wonder. They don't wonder about religion so much as they wonder about God. It seems to me that Jesus says, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Now, it says the Magi, the wise men, followed the star all the way to Israel, all the way to Jerusalem, and they find that following the star only brings you so far. Our world is filled with lots of stars, lots of ways to feel like you're getting closer to God, and they can show us, whether it's a religion or a philosophy, they can show us some stuff. Most people believe there probably is some kind of God. Most people believe that the world is a mess, and the mess starts with us. There's something inside that is broken, and most people who follow the stars feel like there must be something else, someplace else. So they get close, but they don't see Jesus. In the story, they do what makes sense. When they get close, they say, where do we find a king? Well, we find a king in the palace. They go to the palace. The, the king is there, but it's the wrong king. And they say, no, no, where's the little king, the newborn king, the real king? 
And in asking that question, God speaks to them. God opens the Bible and shows how for hundreds of years they've been waiting for the king and that he would show up in Jerusalem. In Christmas, Jesus is using all of these hints and stars and signs and stories to draw people to himself. And that's the story of the Magi. There are people all around us, maybe you, maybe me some days, that have all kinds of doubts along with their beliefs, all different kinds of beliefs, but there's a longing in our hearts. We sense there needs to be something out there, and you can't find it in the newspaper. You can't find it on Amazon. And everything you try lets you down. Christmas shows that Jesus will do whatever it takes to draw people in. Can you imagine what it must have looked like when the Magi actually came to Jerusalem and they got there? One of the striking things to me about these wise men is that for all their philosophy, all their wisdom, they're pretty naive. And their naivete shows in in the sense that on the one hand, they're asking everybody, where's the king? Where's the newborn? Where's the real king? Do you know where he is? And so they finally reach Herod. And this is why they're naive. They don't realize how threatening Jesus is to the world, to the power of the world. And they think that God's people will be as interested as they are in finding the king. You know, i got to tell you that the only thing that matters at Christmas is that Jesus the king has been born. Religion is nothing. Finding Jesus is everything. Instead of this, we fall for this find the perfect gift junk and we judge other people. In this story, the people least in possession of the truth are the most hungry for it. The wise men don't believe yet, but they have a hunch. The religious leaders have all the truth, and they do absolutely nothing. The Magi have come hundreds of miles through the desert to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is five miles away from Bethlehem. And the people who know the answer won't even go that that last five miles. It says to me that it's not about how much you know. God doesn't reward the knowledge in your head so much as the hunger in your heart. In some ways, it's dangerous to possess the truth of God and not do anything about it. There's somebody, somebody who does figure the truth out and want to do something about it, though, right? Who is it? It's, it's King Herod. By now, he's killed everybody else that opposes him because he's paranoid, and Herod knows the truth that um, you can't share the throne with Jesus. He hunts for Jesus as diligently as, as the wise men do, but for very different reasons. Where's the king? I want to go worship him. No, he doesn't want to go worship him. He wants to kill him. 
Well, I got to tell you, I have a little Herod in me. And I think you do too. I'm not supposed to say that on Christmas. It's not like you want to kill Jesus, but you just don't want to let him be king. You'd like to have him come and be nice, but you can't have him be king and you be king at the same time. You cannot have your possessions and have Jesus have your possessions at the same time. And whether it's sex or politics or, or gossip, whatever it is, we say to Jesus, I got this part, I'll run this. I have a little bit of Herod. I, I say, I, I'm in charge unless I tell you otherwise. And when I get in trouble, I'll let you take over unless you get me in trouble. And then I'm taking over again. For all the bitterness and craziness of King Herod, he understood that you can't be a king and have a king. Most of us try to power share. We let Jesus be in charge on Sundays. How's that working? For all that's terrible about Herod, he gives great advice. He gives the best advice in the story. He says, go to Bethlehem and make a careful search for the child. Make a careful search and as soon as you find anything, report back to me so I can worship him as well. He's lying, right? He's not going to worship. He's got a dagger in his boot, but it's the right advice. You're supposed to go and make a careful search for Jesus. If you're steeped in the Bible, but it's been a long time since you actually did anything about it, then you need to go and make a careful search for Jesus. If you're confused tonight about what God is like, or you know somebody who's confused, don't get argumentative. Try to bring them toward Jesus. As you go out and look for the Christ, this king that was born and lived and died and lives again, he shows you the real kingdom and a world that he wants to heal. And so if he's five miles away, go. And if he's 100 miles away, start tonight. Go and make a careful search for the child because he's the only one worthy of the journey. He's the only one worthy of all these gifts of time and money that we spend so much time on. And he's the one that if he calls for it, you should defy the kings of this world for Jesus. That's what the wise men did, right? That's what you should do. It's not supposed to be about politics. It's supposed to be about what does Jesus want? It's supposed to be about how can I follow Christ? Jesus is the one worth taking the long road home, which is what the wise men do. They bowed down, they worshiped him, and they gave him their gifts. Let's find him. And let's bow down. Let's offer him the gift of our hearts and receive the gifts of the king. So the way I started was, what gift do you need tonight? Is it the gift of joy because you're afraid? Or is it the gift of hope because you're in despair? 
Is it the gift of love because you feel alone even whether you're with other people? Or do you need God to give you the gift of peace so the knot unravels and you can make peace with others? He wants to give you the gifts, but you need to come to him and offer him your heart. Lord God, I thank you for this strange little story of these of these magicians who wouldn't stop going until they found you. And when they found you, they didn't, they didn't applaud, they didn't crown you king. They, they knelt down and they, they offered you the most precious thing in their lives. I pray that you tonight will show how much you love us and that we will respond to that love, that love that will not let us go. Please, come. We offer you our hearts. Amen.